Welcome to Trevecca Community Church's Sermon Podcast Series. Each week we'll be streaming our sermon from within the sanctuary just for you. This Sunday, Pastor Shauna continues our Advent Sermon Series, Here Comes the Sun. today in Luke chapter 1. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. This week, we light the candle of love. Scripture tells us that God is love. At Christmas, we receive God's perfect gift of love, God with us, Emmanuel. Even in the cold night of loneliness, hate and fear, the light of love we see in Jesus shines bright. His love will never fail or flicker out. We wait for the love of God to fill all the earth with a holy light until there is no more shadow of sin and death. Jesus is coming. Let love reign. I grew up in a noisy home. I don't know what your home was like. The Songer family, we are talkers. And we don't have a lot of quiet moments. It's not a silent night when the Songer family is all in the house. And so I just grew up with that being the norm. The first time Tim came to a Songer family meal, he was silent the entire meal. From beginning to end, he did not make a peep. And so after dinner, I came to him and I said, Babe, why were you so quiet? And he said, because there wasn't a moment of silence. He said, I couldn't have gotten a word in if I wanted to. So for me, growing up in a home like that, I can't really think of many things that make a home feel more empty than silence. My parents love to host Christmas. We had been planning on hosting Christmas here in Nashville this year, My grandfather is not doing well, and so we had to change plans at the last minute. And we're going to be headed home for another big, noisy, songer family Christmas, only a little bit after Christmas. They love to host Christmas, and they've got six grown adult children, seven grandchildren, all packed in their house, and it's noisy. It's noisy, and inevitably, me and my sisters end up going to my parents and saying, hey, I'm really sorry it's so loud and for the things that our kids broke. (laughs) And our parents always say, even though we know they're going to say this, they always say, it's okay. It's okay. We love it. When you all leave, it's going to be so quiet. Thinking about the home of Elizabeth and Zachariah, 
which is the place where that scene in Luke chapter 1 is occurring that Melissa just read for us. Thinking about the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, I'll bet their home for most of their life was painfully quiet. You see, they had wanted to have children, but Elizabeth believed that she was barren, that she was not able to conceive for all of her life she was told that her womb would be forever empty. And so they lived in a quiet home. Then Zechariah, the priest, one day, Elizabeth's husband, he is presenting an offering in the temple. And he's entering into this silent, solemn place while people are outside praying for the Messiah to come and save them from the Romans and from sin. But while he's in there, an angel appears to him and tells him that his barren wife will bear a son, that her empty womb will be filled. And Zechariah, who has lived his whole grown life in this quiet, empty house for so long, he just cannot believe that it's true. In fact, it sounds so absurd to him that he laughs. He cannot believe that it is true. So the angels tell him that he will not be able to speak. And when he returns home, he can't even tell his wife what's happened. He doesn't even have the words to tell his wife what's just happened because he's mute. He can't talk. And so now... Their house is really quiet. Not even the voices of the two of them bantering back and forth in the house. It's really, really quiet. A barren woman, a mute man, an empty house. And then enters young Mary. I don't know what kind of home Mary grew up in. We don't know if she had siblings, if she was raised by parents or grandparents. All we know, really, all we know about Mary is that she was a virgin, We know this one fact about her, and in fact, it's such an important thing that we know about her that every week in the Apostles' Creed, we have to confess that we believe it because it's so hard to believe. Every week, we confess that we believe that Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary because virgin means that her womb should be empty. I'm not going to explain it. There's no felt board illustrations to talk that one out, but it should be empty. We all understand. God meets us in empty places. In the beginning, when God created, the earth was formless and void. In other words, it was a bunch of emptiness. And in this emptiness, God lovingly created the heavens and the earth. And then God forms this people that God loves and makes covenant with. And when these people are trapped in slavery, God leads them into the wilderness, into this empty, barren place. And in this emptiness, God gives them the law and creates a holy people out of love. 
And so after all of this that has taken place, God creating out of emptiness, here we find in the beginning of the New Testament in Luke chapter one, this scene of emptiness, a barren woman, a mute man, a virgin girl, and I can almost hear the music start to play. Here comes the sun. God is up to it again. God is up to it again. Did you know that when the angels tell Zachariah, this empty, mute man, that he's about to have a son, it says that even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when Mary and Elizabeth meet, it says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And then finally, when Elizabeth gives birth to John the Baptist, who's the one that's going to prepare the way of the Lord, it says that his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke prophecy. The barren, empty Elizabeth, filled with the Son and filled with the Holy Spirit, The mute, silent, unbelieving, empty Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit and words of prophecy, and the empty womb of the Virgin Mary, filled with the Savior of the world. God meets us in empty places. You know, I'm so accustomed to thinking that empty equals bad. That if something is empty, it must be a bad thing. If I have an empty day on my calendar, I have got to fill it up. In fact, just yesterday, Tim and I were talking about how stressed we were all day because Tim had just completed all of his grading on Friday, and so we had planned Saturday to be a day to rest, and we didn't know what to do with ourselves because I don't know what to do with an empty day. If I have an empty wall in the house, time for a Hobby Lobby trip. If I have an empty house for an evening, joy to the world. But what do I do? I fill it up with whatever Netflix show Tim won't binge watch with me. (laughs) And if there's an empty pantry, it's time to go to the store, an empty coffee cup, time to make a trip to Humphrey Street. No one wants to see an empty bank account when bills need to get paid. And no one wants an empty belly to go aching for a meal. So it's understandable the way we think about emptiness. Emptiness to me, a finite creature who only has a certain number of days to live on this earth, seems scary. Like it's something I have to fill. And maybe that's why I get so uncomfortable with this one line that Mary sings. You see, after the meeting between Mary and Elizabeth, Mary then sings this whole beautiful song that's woven with scriptures from the Old Testament. But in that song, Mary declares that the Lord has filled the hungry with good things. I like that part. And sent the rich away empty. I don't like that part. I don't like that part because why would God who has a cattle on a thousand hills, God who is love, why would God send anyone away 
empty. That seems cruel. And we know that God doesn't love rich people any less than anyone else. That in God, there is no favoritism. God is not a socialist, a communist, a capitalist. Amen? Right, covenant class? They were making fun of me this morning for saying right at the end of my sentences. Right? Right. So why would God send anyone away empty? But what if? What if in God's eyes, empty doesn't equal bad? Remember, this is the same God who looked at this formless void of the earth and spoke into existence caterpillars and sea billows and oak trees and algae. What if empty is a space where God can meet you and love you and let love grow into new life? It doesn't matter if you are hungry or rich. God wants to meet with you, even if God has to make a little room for you to take notice. You know, in all the New Testament, the phrase filled with the Holy Spirit is only written in two books. Uh, There are other letters of the apostles that talk about being full of the Holy Spirit, but this phrase that means to be filled with the Holy Spirit only happens in two books, and both of those books are written by the same author. The author is Luke. Three times we see it in the first chapter of Luke's gospel, this chapter that is anticipating the birth of Jesus, and the second one is in the book of Acts, the book that tells the story of the early church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and anticipating Jesus' second return. And each time we hear about someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit, it's always accompanied with either words or deeds. It's never, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and everything went back to the way it was before. (laughs) It never happens like that. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and then it's followed with either a prophecy or a song, a sermon or a miracle, or this I found interesting in the book of Acts. A couple of times in the book of Acts, they are filled with the Holy Spirit in order to endure persecution. But it's always accompanying with words or deeds. Being filled with the Spirit brings forth words and deeds that create new life. And God seems to love to fill up empty spaces. We just named, in the last few weeks, our missional practices of Trevecca Community Church. The things that we do that just become holy habits in our lives. And one of those we named as making room. Now, if you're all part of the church, January 9th, we're going to begin a sermon series called Practice Makes Perfect, where we'll take one missional practice at a time and break it down with ways for you to personally take on that practice and for us corporately as a church to take that on. But I just want to highlight this one, making room, because it fits so perfectly with this passage this morning. See, making room is something very tangible that we do as a church in really specific ways. Things like Malcolm and Margie starting a new small group that can make room for more people that want to join a small group. Or like David and Maddie Harris starting a new Sunday school class for people that don't have a Sunday school class so we can make room. Or like the youth group 
Every Wednesday night when they finish youth group, they literally make room, make their room into the kind of space that on Thursday night can welcome our guests for room in the inn. This is something that we do as a church in so many different ways. We make room, and it's tangible, it's physical, but did you know that it's also deeply spiritual? It is a spiritual practice that we are called to, to make room, to empty out some space in our heart and our life, to be so filled with the love of God that salvation can be born in us. But a lot like eating potato chips, we can get really filled up without never really being satisfied. Any, any potato chip lovers in the house? I'll be honest, Cheetos are more my thing. They're my road trip go-to food. And they're the kind of thing that you can eat forever and never actually feel full. <laughs> right? I mean, you can, you can dr- plow through a whole bag of those things, and you're not actually full, you're not actually satisfied, but it just distracted you from feeling empty. Whether that is food or shopping, working or people-pleasing, drinking or zoning out on the social media scroll, There are so many ways that we distract ourselves from the empty spaces where God is waiting to meet with you. But the act of spiritually making room to meet with God, it actually, in the end, fills us up. Like the New Testament church, we are filled with the Holy Spirit to speak words and to carry out actions that manifest the salvation of God that comes through Jesus Christ. When we meet God in emptiness, God fills us with so much love that it creates new life. You see, for Christians, if our words and actions are going to be a real witness to the love of Jesus, they must be born out of our emptiness and not out of our busyness. Did you hear that? If our words and actions are actually going to be a real witness to the love of Jesus, it must be born out of our emptiness and not just our frantic busyness. Words that come from silent moments with the Lord, not from the need to fill the silence with our voices. Actions that come from recognizing our own deep need and not from needing to be doing something to distract us from not feeling good enough. When words and actions are born of the Spirit, out of our emptiness, we become witness to the miracle that God is with us. We announce to the world that walks in darkness, friends, here comes the sun. For some, this next week leading up to Christmas, it's going to be full In fact, maybe even this morning you're thinking about it. You're going through your checklist of all the stuff that has to get done. For some of you, this is going to be a really full week, busy and noisy with checklists and shopping trips, late night wrapping, assembling, preparing. 
And for some, this week will be very empty. Offices will close down and activities will cease. Neighbors will leave and there will be no family coming this weekend. And it will feel very empty. If you are anticipating a full week, if you are already thinking about what a full week you have ahead of you, can I just invite you to ask, how might you make space for God to meet you in emptiness this week? Because remember the story about Tim sitting at that dinner table at the first Songer family dinner, sitting there quietly waiting for an empty moment where he might get a chance to say something? See, I think that God wants very much to meet with you, but God will be very hard to hear over that full to-do list you have. And if you are anticipating an empty week this week, I know that it is easy to want to distract yourself from that emptiness to find things that that distract and fill up the emptiness to dull it or medicate it. But I want to invite you to ask, how might God want to meet you in that empty space, make it holy and fill it up with love? You know, there's a natural rhythm of emptying and filling that you and I are all doing right now. It's called breathing. Breathing. There is a prayer that I have been breathing this week. Every time I find myself with an empty moment, every time I find myself with an empty moment, and this last week I've been stopping and breathing in the words, Holy Spirit, and breathing out the words, let it be. Holy Spirit, let it be. And it's not just because I'm obsessed with Beatles lyrics right now, I promise. It's because those are the words of Mary when God, when God first shows up in the form of an angel and announces to her that she is about to give birth to the Savior of the world. Her response is not, gee, thanks so much, I'm too busy right now. Instead, she says, let it be to me as you have said. Holy Spirit, let it be. This next week, I want to challenge you to find some empty places. Find an empty moment. Do you have one of those this week? If not, can you make one? Find an empty moment. Holy Spirit, let it be. How might God want to meet you there in that empty moment? You might have an empty chair this week. Someone who you have loved very deeply who is not going to be joining the party. Can you find an empty chair this week? Holy Spirit, let it be. And ask, how did God meet you through that person? Because I'm sure there is grief there, but also gratitude and joy Maybe you have an empty car ride this week where you have a few moments where you can turn off the radio or the stereo. 
Holy Spirit, let it be. And look at the world around you, all of the streets that you are passing by so quickly and ask yourself, how might God meet you out on the streets? How is God already at work in the world around you? Or maybe you have an empty plate at your table this week. Somebody had to back out and cancel and you know that you've got lots of extra food and there's an empty plate at your table this week. Holy Spirit, let it be. Who might God bring to your table to meet with you? Maybe there's an empty moment of silence. A moment of silence when the Holy Spirit might just fill you and give you words or deeds of salvation. I told you a little bit about that noisy songer family which is why I actually love to hear that Guthrie baby in the sanctuary this morning. That's the right kind of noise to fill up a space like this. That's the home that I grew up in, this full noisy table and noisy home. For three years, Tim and I, when our babies were really little, when our babies were really little, um, we lived just about 10 minutes from my parents' house where we had all those big noisy family gatherings. And so every Monday night, we had family dinner where our family would come on over to my parents' house and my sister's family and my grandparents. If we were all able, we'd get together Monday nights and have a big Songer family dinner. And they were loud and noisy and wonderful and sometimes tense and frustrating and all those other family things, but mostly loud and wonderful. And then there was one Monday night um, at that table where we had had so many big, full, noisy conversations only this night, it was just Tim and I and my mom and dad. And um, emotions have just been surprising me all morning. Do you ever have those mornings where that just happens? And we told them, Mom, Dad, we have been praying and fasting, and we really believe that God is calling us to Nashville. And that noisy table went silent. Really silent. And then all we could hear was the, sign, the sound of crying and catching of breath. Finally, my dad broke the silence by saying, Shauna and Tim, you know that we believe in the call of God. And if God is sending you to Nashville, we will bless you and we will send you. And you can come back and visit your kids whenever you like. <laughs> and so we, we moved out here into an empty house that we had never actually physically seen before, sight unseen. We moved out here and we started this life in a place that for us was very empty. And we found this church home at a place called Treveca Community Church because we wandered into the back of a court service where it was dark and we could sit in the back, not around anybody else, and it was okay if I just cried through the entire service. There was a lot of emptiness about that season of life. And as I sit back and reflect now over the last six and a half years that we've been here, I'm realizing 
that God met us in the emptiness. The places where we were so powerfully surprised by the Holy Spirit, they weren't usually full places. They were empty places. And the times where, honestly, we have probably got ourselves a little off track is when we get too filled up, full of ourselves, full of our schedules, full of all of the things that we think that we have to do. And so this week, I am reminded of the journey that Mary and Joseph would have been making even right now, thinking about Christmas coming on Saturday, remembering this journey that Mary and Joseph would have made traveling to Bethlehem, looking for a place to stay, and turned away from inn after inn because they were all too full. And praying that our hearts, that your hearts, would be a home much like that perfectly empty manger where God would be so pleased to meet with you. Pastor Tim is going to come and lead us in a time of prayer and then lead us to the Lord's table where God came in flesh to be with us. Thanks for joining us this week. If you'd like to join us next Sunday for worship, we'll be having service at 9 a.m. in the sanctuary on campus, which will be live streamed to Facebook Live. For those joining us online, you will still be doing our virtual lobby at 8.45. Make sure to check out our other weekly podcast, TCC Conversations, which airs on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Head over to our website for updated information on gatherings, on-campus worship, and other weekly resources. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next week.